Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. You know, when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Dreisaitl, those guys have had uh, nice careers, and they've hit a little bump in the road, and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Milan This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. You gotta fight for your right to party. Hey, Pop, quit your smoking, man. He says, no way. Well, that would have uh, been a very fitting song had Oilers fans gotten what they wished for last night as the Oilers fall 5-2 to the San Jose Sharks but you know what we decided to roll with it anyways we were expecting fireworks in the second or third period we didn't get any last night after Evander Kane cross-checked Matt Benning into the boards right in front of the official We'll break down that play, we'll break down the response, we'll break down the loss on today's edition of Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. Ched uses Digitex for their copiers and printers, and the service is excellent. Brendan Ulrich with you, Dave Campbell behind the glass today, Bob Stoffer flying back with the team from San Jose today. He'll join us in a few minutes. We'll also get to your phone calls at 12.35. If you want to chime in on what happened last night, Judging by Twitter, judging by the post-game show, overtime overtime open line, you will want to. And uh, the text lines are already filling up. People are fired up after last night, and I don't blame you. I'll give my opinion. Dave will give his here in a second as well. At 105, Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey on Rogers. He is our Wednesday regular. He'll join us at that time. At 135, Jerry Fleming. He is the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. The Oilers, of course, calling up Ethan Bear yesterday. Ty Ratty is here as well. We'll get uh, Jerry's thoughts on those two players. Caleb Jones, Ryan Matha. Hurt for the Condors. They've been out for a little while. We'll get an update on those two players as well. You can call on our Oilers Now hotline at 780-496-0063. Brought to you by Larry the Cable Guy on April 14th. Live at the River Cree Resort and Casino. They also have Bill Angle on March 24th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. You can text us at 630-630. Brought to you by Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, Go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now, at Bob underscore Stoffer, at Brendan Ulrich, at Dave Chet, or is it Dave underscore Chet? No, that would be underscore Chet. Underscore Chet. There That's you right. have it. We'll bring you back here in a second, Dave. Okay. Just need to take care of a little business here. Stoffer Inspector every Tuesday brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta HRA Live Racing every Saturday at 1 at Northlands Park. We'll get to the coaches' thoughts on the play. I'll give my opinion as well. We'll hear from Bob Stoffer shortly. But everyone, of course, talking about the hit 
Evander Kane, a cross-check on Matt Benning right in front of the official last night. No call. Uh, here's McClellan's initial thoughts on the hit itself. On the play, um, the player that, that Kane cross-checked into the boards was unavailable to, to help on the play. So I would say that had something to do with it, yeah. So Graham Skilleter was the, the official right in front of the play. You can't even call it a blowing call, or a, I mean a missed call, because it was just a blowing call. I don't know what he was thinking. I, I'm sort of at a loss for words on the initial hit itself. Uh, I'll get to the response in a second, but that is un- inexcusable. It just doesn't make any sense. How you're right there, you see that happen. It's a clear cross check, low to the back, right in the numbers. One of the most dangerous plays in hockey, if not the most dangerous play, and there is no call. So it was a joke. I know Oilers fans are upset, and they should be. And the only, I mean, the problem now is we have no response from the officials. We don't know what they were thinking in that instance, and you'll never know. So I guess that's why it even gets more frustrating at this point. So we're left just saying, okay, I guess NHL thinks that's an okay play. I guess we'll find out when we find out if a Graham Skilter is officiating in the playoffs, because I guess that's how they send a message to officials when it comes to, you know, their poor performance in a game. And... That was a poor performance last night by Graham Skilter on that play indeed. Okay, so after that, Matt Benning, clearly frustrated, went after Kane later in the game uh, in a scrum uh, in front of the net, delivered a big hit on Timo Meyer later on, and I love to see that from Benning. And uh, the rest of the team, not so much. So in today's NHL, you don't expect players to go out there and jump, guys. It just doesn't happen. But when you look at the Oilers' roster, they do have guys that could do that. So I get the frustration when it comes to that regard when you have Lucic out there on your roster. You also have Jujar Kara and a Darnell Nurse. We'll find out more on Nurse here in a second with Bob Stoffer, as it sounds like he may be playing with an injury, so you can excuse Nurse, although he did talk to Kane at one point in the game. Uh, but Lucic or Kara, you would have liked to have seen them do something. My biggest problem, though, is not that they didn't go and jump Kane. My biggest problem is that you see Benning going out there and trying to do something about it. He's clearly pissed off. And then, where's the... You think that would be contagious. I mean, it's not like... I don't think the Oilers have packed it in on the season. They're playing a division rival. In-game, you still want to win that game. The competitive juices get flowing. And you would expect the rest of the team to follow suit and maybe feed off of what Benning is doing. And we didn't see any of that last night. Here's what Jim Matheson had to ask or had to say to Todd McClellan, asking him about the response last night. No response physically. At Kane. Oh, no, there was a response. I saw Benny go after him. I no, saw Darnell talk to him. I thought it was fine. Okay. Yeah. Did you not think it was fine, Matty? Uh, at the time. Uh, at the time, so the guys that were on the ice, so that's Cammy's job. And sometimes you got to look at who's on the ice. Like, yep. So it was uh, Dry Settle's line on the ice. Dry Settle, Camilleri, Ratty. And uh, on the blue line, it was Kleppbaum and Benny. And, I mean,. What do you expect McClellan to say in an instance like that? You don't expect him to say much. So I'm not going to fault uh, what McClellan had to say there. He's likely not saying everything he was thinking about the play. When it comes to the hit itself, I think uh, McClellan maybe should have said something 
and I would assume the Oilers are going to send some sort of package to the league. They don't even need to. They just need to call up the league and be like, what the heck, because I'm sure the league is aware of it. If you go on Twitter, you would see a, a thousand tweets or more at the NHL complaining about that hit. So there won't be any follow-up, though. And we move on. Dave. I'll let you get your thoughts in on the hit and uh, the follow-up last night. Well, I, I'm more upset about the no-call or the non-call on the play because that's that's a clear penalty. You know, when, when Matt Benning is that far away from the boards and doesn't even expect to be cross-checked at that stage, it, and no player should expect that. That's a dangerous play. And that you learned that in, in minor league hockey. Yeah. I mean, players have a stop sign on their jersey. It's a dangerous play. I just don't understand how an official right there, clear clear angle, clear view. I mean, there's nothing obstructing him except, you know, uh, well, nothing. I mean, he had, he had a clear view. And then the not call it is inexcusable. That eliminates Benning from the play. So it's basically a, it's a man advantage for the San Jose Sharks. Um, you know, I, I'm not necessarily all that upset that there wasn't a better response physically because I do agree with Tom McClellan in some respects. Who's going to do it? You know, they didn't have Zach Cassian in the lineup. You, you know he would probably step up and do something. Patrick Maroon's not on the team anymore. You'd think he'd do it. Uh, a little disappointed that maybe Milan Lucic didn't, you know, address it a little bit more uh, or at all. Kara's the same, you know, in the same boat, but I just think that the team should have rallied from that, not go out and hit guys. I mean, yeah. You're not going to expect Connor McDavid to do that or Leon Dreisaitl to do that or Slepeshev or Camilleri or you know any of those players to do that. But just to play with some anger, play with some emotion. And all that hit did was just deflate them. And the second period was terrible. A bit better in the third period, but it's too late by then. So that's what I'm most disappointed about. Not that the fact they didn't go out and try and, you know, bang guys into the end boards. I mean, that's not the type of team they are right now. Um, and when you take a Cassian out of the lineup, at least that's something he can do. A year ago, Evander Kane's in big trouble because this team was together. Yeah playing in the same direction, playing, rowing in the same direction. Um, this was a team-tough group, right? Uh, they're not that team-tough right now. You know, and maybe we shouldn't be surprised because no. there's been times this season that they've been down 5-1 or 6-1 in a third period, and there is no physical response no. or any fire or juice at all. So maybe we shouldn't be surprised what we saw last night. No, and you know, even you go back to the game in, in Anaheim when they allow two goals in the final 30 seconds of the third period to send the game to overtime, that's kind of a state of how the team is mentally. You know, they're they're very fragile right now. So a hit like that happens, you know, they score. It's only a 1-1 game, but their response was to just completely fall apart. Yeah, they crumbled after that, and it's unfortunate. And they let Kane, I mean, Kane was really good last night. First of all, he was dominant, I would say, for, for the Sharks, and Yep. There, and yep. no one was he didn't he he felt like a god out there like he couldn't be touched. Yep. So he exactly. felt comfortable. He had no he wasn't looking around seeing what was going on. He just he felt good and he shouldn't have felt good. He should have felt uncomfortable last night. So that's the problem. Yeah. So completely agree. But yeah, to me just just the, the lack of, you know, emotion after the after that hit was just a bit dis, uh, very concerning. And I I guess when it comes to the play, five on five, they picked up their game in the third, but the damage was already done. So, and it's a loss for the Oilers. And yeah. uh, now they come home for a five-game homestand. So, 
Oh boy, and you know what's coming up next, Dave? Oh, only a uh, Stanley Cup contender. Yeah. And then the Natural Predator, so that, that that's going to uh, be... That could be scary. That's going to be Although tough. Bob did talk about this in the interview that we're going to run here shortly. Nashville has engaged the others physically in the past. They did last year. So we'll see uh, if they try to go down that that road again. And it worked for the Preds. They beat the Oilers a bunch last season, or mm-hmm. I think in, in every meeting. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, we hope to see the Oilers regroup here and play with some passion against the Predators tomorrow night. It's 12-19 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll be joined by the regular host of this program, Bob Stoffer. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30 Shed. Back here on Oilers Now, Ulrich and Campbell with you. Bob Stoffer with the team heading back from San Jose. After the game, quickly Milan Lucic was asked what the feeling was like on the bench after Benning was cross-checked into the boards from behind by Evander Kane. Just trying to just trying to respond in the right in the right way and uh, we weren't able to you know only what three four shots in the second period you know we're more focused on responding the the right way as far as team toughness goes more than anything and we weren't able to do that. That's Milan Lucic with his comments uh, interesting comments there I would say after uh, the game let's bring aboard uh, Bob Stoffer here to talk about the hit off the off the hop uh, I asked Bob just his uh, his initial thoughts on you know the play itself and it not being called a penalty you know Brendan we're a little uh, obviously you know the team uh, we're pre-taping this just before the team flies out today pretty disappointing final game I felt uh, to uh, the road trip um you know, I thought Yoder's uh, played with some tempo and some pace and some passion uh, in L.A. and uh, against Anaheim. Uh, you know, squandered some leads, made games more exciting than they should have been, but ultimately got the wins. And then last night, you know, good start. Lost it all in the second, and it really was a key moment in the second period that completely changed the complexion of the game. Yeah, and I'm assuming that moment was, uh, you know, the, the the cane hit there on Benning. And uh, we'll get to the follow-up after, Bob. Just want to ask and get your thoughts on the actual play itself. Like, how does uh, Graham Skilleter possibly determine in his mind that that wasn't a penalty? Well, it's, okay, it's one thing to not call out a penalty. It's another thing to not blow the play dead when a player goes face first into the boards, I, when you're right there as an official. Uh, I have a theory when it comes to officiating. I think we've raised a generation of officials that don't want to influence the game at all. So their belief is less is more in terms of how they manage games. And we've discussed this often, watching the great Oilers teams of the early 80s evolve. You know, when they'd play the Islanders in the 81 and the 83 playoff series, they didn't get a lot of calls in those series. But by the time the Oilers became the powerhouse and the juggernaut that they were in the late 80s, you know, I think it's fair to say, certainly against Boston, 88 and 90, 
Edmonton would not be disappointed with how those games were managed. And I think in time, Connor and Leon will get more calls. Uh, you know, a player like Matt Benning, uh, you know, under the assumption that he's here, he'll get calls too. But, so they didn't get the call, that's one thing. I, you know, it was, uh, the thing is, I don't know if Skillover saw, it looked like Kane's stick, or not, his skate clicked Benning's skate as well. And then it was a cross-check from behind. Uh, so he misses a call, but then the player is down on the ice. And in my opinion, the play should have been called at the point that he's down on the ice. And you don't have to call a penalty. You just call him whistle play dead. He didn't do either. And the orders, I think, got unraveled after that goal got scored against him. And the Sharks are notorious in that building for having 10-minute spurts where they can light you up. And that's what they did. And the orders the were on their heels. And uh, they never, I mean, they got completely dominated in the second period, 17 to 4. Brendan, I got to tell you, I think the team was in shock after that goal because they certainly played like it the rest of the second. Yeah, perhaps. Um, you look at what Benning did after, though, Bob, and clearly he was pissed off. Um, he started the scrum in front of the net. He uh, lined up uh, Meyer for a big hit later in the game. So he was uh, passionate about uh, what happened. Uh, I don't know what bothered you the most about the response, Bob. To me, it's not so much the fact that someone didn't jump Kane and and fight him. To me, it was the fact that you saw Benning out there playing with passion and no one seemed to to follow him. And maybe it was shock, like you said, but, you know, as the game goes on and you see Benning doing what he's doing, you would think that they would rally behind him a little bit. Well, first on Matt Benning, uh, you know what? He showed some competitiveness last night. And he showed why he's worth, you know, being patient with them and going through the growing pains in the second series, uh, second season. Uh, you know, it was it was great that he got reengaged with Kane after, and then uh, you know got involved in the play with Meyer at the end of the period. Uh, there was one player who who did get involved in it, and that was Darnell Nurse. But Darnell Nurse, uh, I'm not going to say more than this. I don't know the fact that he's been playing with a, a minor injury for a while, and my preference would be, given the injury, that he probably not fight. Uh, that said, there was not enough of a response from some others, including some guys that were brought in here to provide uh, veteran um, sure leadership, and that has to be addressed. Uh, in my opinion, there was not. Uh, you know, and, and people say, well, you know, it's middle of second period or late second period. It's a three-one or four-one game. Um, we've seen with Patrick Maroon, who, when he was struggling and had slumps, he would find himself a fight and get himself engaged. And I'm looking at Milan right now, and, and I, I realize it's tough for him. There's only four or five guys in the league that will honor him when straight square up. Maybe you don't honor guys. Maybe you just have to drag guys into a battle a bit. So I'm going to be intrigued to see how Milan responds moving forward. But when the others signed Milan two years ago, uh, I was under the belief that at that time we'd see a little bit more of that. He's had a tough year. Um, that's a given. He actually was quite productive in the first 36 games. Nine goals, 26 points in that stretch. He's got five assists in his last uh, 27 games and has not scored. So, I, you know, I think he's trying to pull his game together. Um, we don't know what gets down, said down at ice level, but in a different time, in a different place, believe me, players like Dave Semenko and Dave Brown, they said things that scared the hell out of the opposition. Maybe that doesn't get done anymore. I don't know. But uh, I know based on my Twitter feed last night, there were a lot of fans that were really upset with the lack of response from the Oilers. Yeah, and just to follow up on Lucic Ball, we know the, the goalless streak is clearly weighing on him a bit, but the most surprising thing to me is it seems like when Lucic is at the top of his game is when he's out there, you know, bringing that big body physical presence and maybe not fighting guys, but, you know, 
trying to start something, I guess. And so why aren't we seeing that, I guess? Is, is it the fact that this goal streak is just, our goal this streak is just weighing on him so hard right now? Well, I had a player on Anaheim say to me earlier this year when we play the Oilers, we're just going to let Lucic sleep. Take that. That's money in the bank. We're just going to let him sleep. And I, I think that's what teams do. Nashville, last year, was the one team that physically engaged Lucic in Edmonton. And Milan crushed Austin Watson with a hit and then beat the crap out of Cody McLeod. You know, so it's a tough situation for Milan, right? There's Because he has a way of how he thinks the game should be played. And uh, that's that. That's Bob Stoffer chiming in prior to the Oilers heading back home from San Jose. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, your thoughts on the play last night, the cross-check, the Oilers' response. And we haven't really had a chance for you to chime in after the deadline, so you can chime in on the Maroon trade and, uh, you know, the trade deadline as a whole for the Oilers. When we get back, Craig Simpson at 1 o'clock. This is Oilers Now. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.